Come on, clap your hands, everybody. Come on. Hi, I'm Henry Davis, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Highland Park in Landover, Maryland, a Bible-believing, Christ-centered, and Spirit-led congregation. I want to welcome you to our radio broadcast. And remember, there's power at the park. Luke chapter 24, 36 through 43 is where we shall read in Luke chapter 24, 36 through 43. Hear the words, New Testament. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost, because ghosts don't have bodies, as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate it as they watched the word of God you may go to your seats around the building for the people of God in this in this service I want to come back and look at verse number 39 look at my hands look at my feet you can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. I'm going to look at this service using this subject. Your answer is right here. Your answer is right here. How wonderful it is for us to know that we do not have to search. We do not have to look. But we have the assurance that our answer is right here. That's why I've come to church this morning. That's why I pray my answer right here. The reality of it is they say you have not because you ask not. Your answer is right here. I preached in the earlier service about how God is a God 
of abundance. Since he is a God of abundance, there is no need for us to live in lack. I'm connected to God. And so I'm connected to that which is prosperous. Your answer is right here. Right here, as I open up the word of God, right here, as I kneel and as I pray, your answer right here. The backdrop for you to understand the words that we've just read from Luke chapter 24. It is that this encounter dialogue is taking place on that Sunday evening. That Sunday evening, it had been a day, a long day, because it was the day that Jesus had gotten up from the grave. Stone had been rolled away. Not only had it been a long day, it had been a long weekend. The weekend had begun on Friday. Really, let's not tell with being a long day or a long weekend. It had been a long week. He dealt with a whole lot of things. He dealt with being misjudged, dealt with dealing with unjust decisions. And then, of course, he's gone his way to Calvary, carrying a tomb. Not just a long day, not just a long weekend, but a trying week. All of these are the steps that Jesus has taken as we find ourselves now in Luke chapter 24. The end of the day, dialogue is taking place. And of course, there is some talk about what had happened. Over the course of the week, the weekend, did you hear about Friday? And now it is Sunday evening. All of that is going on. But in that, there is an interruption. An interruption to their conversation. And then, of course, Jesus is now identifying himself that he's coming to have and to break up this confusion. Verse number 39 talks about what is real. Touch me if you choose. I would like for you to touch me. I'm asking you to look at my hands, look at my feet, but now I want you to have connection. Touch me. It's one thing for you to be one watching from the sidelines. It's another thing for you to be directly involved. Touch me. Don't just look at me. If a person is going through a challenge, they don't need for you to look at them. They might need a touch. Touch me. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. Same hands that were nailed to a cross. Same feet 
that were nailed to the cross. But it was not the nails which held me. It was love that held me. Touch me like I've been touched, carrying your pain. I understand nothing about sin. The scripture said, he who knew no sin, but yet he dies for all of our sins. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost. And the reason why I want you to be sure, because I want you now to be one who can identify, articulate, and share with others, yes, I am alive. I'm not a figment of the imagination. I'm not a part of Ghostbusters or Casper. Touch me. Even Peter, when he was walking on the water, and they thought that perhaps it was something mysterious, and Jesus says, I just want you to walk, and then you're going to be able to realize that this is something that is real. Yes, Jesus says, it's really me. You don't have to worry. There's no one who could have done what Jesus had done. There was no one who has ever been taken to a cross and buried in a tomb who gets up three days later and already had given the announcement that he was, Brother Henson, going to get up. I'm telling you what I'm going to do. This is, this is not something that is artificial. This is something that is real. That's what we look at because one's connection to God will clearly express the realness of Jesus. Your connection to God is going to express how real he is. I do not have to tell not one person under the sound of my voice today, if you're saved, if to ask you, is Jesus real? You know he's real. Somebody said he's a heart fixer. He's a mind regulator. Somebody said he's a mother for the motherless and a father for the fatherless. Somebody said he's a doctor in a sick room, a lawyer in a courtroom. I knew beyond any shadow of doubt, he's real. Touch me. That's the reality that is coming in this, this moment. That connection, that connection lets me know that Jesus is indeed Highland Park real. He is a real God. We have not come here to just go to some mental exercise. We've come because Jesus is real. Hallelujah. That's why pandemic, cancer, crime, I still come to worship. I still want to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth because, yes, he's real. He's real. And your answer is right here. Your answer is right here. Somebody came seeking, and I'm thanking God that the Lord has already given somebody an answer. Somebody came in here today, and I don't know anything about your week, your day, your weekend, what decisions you have to do this upcoming week, but I do know your answer is right here. No matter what goes on in your life, your answer is right here. Keep on praying. Keep on praising. Keep on lifting up the name of the Lord because your answer 
is right here. You don't, you, don't, you don't have to search all. He says, I searched all over, couldn't find nobody. Your answer is right here. Second thing Jesus does, Jesus comes to bring peace to our lives. There was confusion. There was pain. There was disappointment. Even though the disciples were absent, they, were, they had still gotten word of what had happened. Our Savior has been killed. They, of course, they realized that the, the authority said that the disciples are going to try to come and steal the body. So, therefore, let's put a big rock out front, and we're going to put guards on each side to make sure no one steals the body and later comes back and says that he got up, but nobody ever saw him. That's not what happens because the stone gets rolled away the guards are frozen in fear because I talked about that last night and how fear can freeze us, but Jesus can free you. I don't know who's coming here today with a frozen spirit, but I'm thanking God that God can thaw you out and, and turn your life around. And once my life has been turned around, I'm going to glorify him no matter where I am. Your answer. Is right here. Right here. I'm trying to bless you. Right here. I'm trying to speak to your situation. Right here. You need to understand that they might have meant it for evil, but God can turn around for good. Right here. I understand the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. Right here. It tells me to cast your cares upon him because he cares for you right here. And I'm thanking God for those women who gathered yesterday, Sister McConnell, and led us in that powerful prayer and ushered us into this weekend because our blessings are right here. This is such a, such, a, such a powerful statement that is being made. Jesus comes. Jesus is now in dialogue with them. He's talking to them. Touch me if you desire. You're not seeing a ghost. And I've come in verse number 36 to say, peace be with you. You've had so much confusion, so much pain, so much difficulty, but I want you to know that God is able. Do I have a witness in here? You know God is able. He's done it before. He's doing it again. God is able. I will trust in the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. The praises that I have for God, I'm going to let go and let God. I, and when I look back, I'm not looking back to go back, but I'm looking back to thank God for how far he has brought me. Your answer, right here, right here, God is blessing right here. God is delivering right here. God is fighting your giants and giants can fall and walls can come down and doors can be open and opportunities can be sent your way. Your answer is right here. Part of the answer, your answer being right here is the demonstration of your faithfulness. That's another point that I said I shared in the earlier service. Earlier service, I talked about how God not only tells us about his love, but he demonstrates. Come on, somebody. He demonstrates. Some of you have had, have had to go go for a going to the car dealership, and you've gone, and then they tell you, we're gonna give you the keys for a test ride. 
Yeah, they, they, that, that, now they know that they're trying to convince you to be able to purchase the vehicle. So we're going to tell you, take the keys, drive it, and see if you like it. And then perhaps you can come back and make a decision. Some of you have done that. You've gotten that because you know that once you see all of the newfangled things and sometimes they even start convincing you to buy something that is beyond where you need to go. I wish I had a witness, but your answer. And so Jesus is coming in this moment. And as Jesus is coming and having this conversation, and he's basically and he's saying to them, your answer is right here. They, were, they did not recognize who it was who was there next to them. You're talking about me, and, and, and as you're talking and conversing about me, you're looking at me. Then they took a deeper look at him because in their first glance, they thought he might have been a gardener. But in a closer glance, this is Jesus. Jesus says to them, peace be with you. I want peace to be with you. I want you, it says in the text that they were frightened. They were startled. They thought they were seeing a ghost. And Jesus says, why why are your hearts filled with doubt? Why are you afraid? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. And if you know anything about Jesus, Jesus wants the best for you. Oh, yeah. He wants the best for you. He doesn't want you to live in mediocrity, nor does he want you to live beneath the blessing line. He wants the best for you. The best for us as a congregation. The best for you as a family. That's why I told you earlier to shout the name of your family. God wants the best for you. Don't limit what, your, what God can do because your answer is right here. Your answer is in a God who is not dead, but a God who is alive. Your answer is in a God who said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Your answer is in a God who has been able to do what no other power could do. Your answer is right here. Jesus comes to bring peace in our lives. But the third thing is, Jesus has the ability to meet you where you are. He can relate to you. He is relatable. Where was he born? In a, in a barn, stable, garage, outside. He is available to everyone in here. He was not in the palace. He was not in some exclusive place, but he is in a place where he can say, whosoever will, let them come. He is relatable. He can relate to your situation. He walked among us, a carpenter's son. He, he was not, it was not, again, a part of the, the, the talented tent. He's, he is there. He wants to relate to us right where we are. Jesus has the ability to meet you right where you are. He understands pain. He understands friends turning their back on you. He understands family distrusting you. He can meet us where we are. He knows about that. 
He meets us right where we are. And I thank God that he can meet you right where we are and he can take us where we need to go. Because as he spoke in verse number 40, he is speaking, but he's also showing them his hands and his feet. Still, verse 41 says they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Even though they were not believing, Jesus still keeps on speaking. Yeah, matter of fact, that's what can happen anytime you come to church because you have folk who are disbelieving, but I've got to stand up here and keep on speaking. Come on, somebody. No matter what it is that you're dealing with, no matter what it is that's going on, you might be there in disbelief. And, 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 and then it says, they still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. How? how what kind of combination is disbelief, joy, and wonder? I'm all over the place. One, on one instance, I, dis, I don't believe. The other instance, I'm happy. And the, other, and the other, I got nothing but wonder. Because the wonder is how can I have disbelief and joy at the same time? There, 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 there's the breakdown of our personalities, that I can be joyful, yet have disbelief. Joyful, disbelief. I left out of church, I had a good time. Disbelief, I don't pay my tithes. Come on, somebody. Look straight here. I'm joyful. Choir sang today. Pastor preached that sermon. But yet I got disbelief. Somebody did you wrong, cut you off, said something wrong to you. And then you react in a way that God would not be pleased with. You have joy. You know, you can see folk that's just so happy, so happy, so happy. But don't cross them. You'll see the, the cracks in their person. They have, they have joy, yet they have disbelief. And I want you to understand this reality that as long as we're in this body of flesh and we are trying to be all that we want to be, there will always be a spiritual battle. That's why they can have joy and disbelief because we're dealing with an internal spiritual battle. Some of you, you wanted to come to church. You knew an answer for was here, but then there was the struggle to get out of the house. You got, and then you come to church, I'm, I got joy, I'm glad I'm here. But the disbelief almost stopped you from coming. I got joy when I came in the room, but then I saw somebody who gave me a reminder. Come on, somebody. Somebody. I, I've, had, I've, had, I've had to deal with all kind of, all kind of drama of persons coming to church and, and, and because we look at, we're looking at that balance of, of joy, disbelief. I know my answer's right here. And also, the devil also knows your answer's right there. And so, therefore, what does he want to do? He wants to intercept and interrupt and stop you from getting to that answer. 
Your answer's right there. But you too mad to get it. Come on, somebody. I can remember, I can remember my, my dad sometimes would, would discipline us and, and he, we'd discipline us and, and we didn't have time out and um, not, none of that. And, and then after we would be disciplined, my mother would serve dinner. And then what we would do, I'm not hungry. Now, you, you talking from your mouth. Because you don't really feel that in your heart. But your anger said, you hungry? And they yell up. He said, you want, you want, you No. I don't want nothing y'all fixing. But I'm talking with my mouth. And then you waiting for the kitchen to clear. So you can slip down. You weren't going to eat with everybody else. I'm talking about how we deal with the wrestling between joy and disbelief. You are not going to get to your perfect self until you exit from this world. Come on, somebody. As long as you're in the flesh, you will have to deal with decisions. Decisions you're going to have to make. That's one of the other things I was talking about earlier today. You will have to. They stood there, verse 41, in disbelief, yet filled with joy and wonder. Jesus said, we're going to break this thing down for y'all. We're going, and the way Jesus is going to break this thing down for us, he said, y'all got something to eat? Because you know, food can break folk down. Come on, somebody. Food can relax us. Now, there's some other things that we do which are unhealthy to relax us, but food. And, 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 and you, you hear people talk about comfort food. They, they, you, you, you just snacking, snacking, snacking. That's why we're going to do some face strong today to help some of y'all with all that snacking. Come on, somebody. And, and But we try to comfort ourselves with food. Jesus says to them, y'all got something to eat? He says, he says, they gave him a piece of broiled fish. New Living Translation, Malcolm. A piece of broiled fish. It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't a platter. It wasn't a basket. It was a piece of fish. One piece of fish. That's all Jesus needs. Now, you have to understand that Jesus doesn't need much. Jesus can take a little and multiply it into much. All I need is one. Because I had, I had two fish one other time with a little boy and a little boy's lunch. And I fed, I fed 5,000 folks. So, so I, I don't need much. But if you give me your little and you put it in my hand, come on, somebody. Your answer is right here. And Jesus said, you give me the fish. And the broiled fish, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't fried. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't fried fish. It wasn't Crisco. It wasn't, it, you weren't, no. This was broiled fish. You know, nice little seasoning on it. Broiled. 
Amen. I'm trying to help somebody that, that's trying to make a fried decision later on. He, he got some broiled fish. I don't like broiled. Jesus did. Broiled fish. You give me the fish. And then as they, he says, and verse 43, and he ate it as they watched. I'm thanking God that sometimes God is going to send blessings your way. And all the others are going to do is be able to watch. Look at God. That same fish that they could have eaten is now the very fish that Jesus is eating. And somebody has come into this church today and we're we, we trying to offer you something to eat. We're trying to offer you something that's going to help your life. We're trying to offer you something that's going to put clapping in your hands, joy in your heart, thanksgiving on my lips, because my answer is right here. Do you love him today? Has God been good to you? Has God kept you another week? Whether it's been a long day, a long weekend, or a long week, I will bless the name of the Lord. I will lift up my hands. I will give God the praise. Hallelujah. Good morning, Highland Park. May the Lord bless you real good. But when I think, hey, of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul, your answer is right here. Gotta bless the name of the Lord right now. Because can't nobody do me like the Lord. Yes, yes, yes. Your answer is right here. Come on, clap your hands, everybody. You've been listening to the radio broadcast of the First Baptist Church of Highland Park and Landover, Maryland. If you want to receive a CD or DVD of what you have just heard, please call 301-773-6655 or visit us on the World Wide Web, fbhp.org. And remember, there's power at the park. Be for this, I